Welcome to Wildly Empowered Women. I'm your host, Jessica Zalens, and this is the espresso martini for your feminine. Let's go take a sip. Welcome back to the podcast, Queen. Thank you for being here. And today, your little sip of the espresso martini for your feminine is a lesson we have all been taught as driven, ambitious women many, many times, but often you have to hear it in a few different ways for it to really just like seep into your veins. And I'm sure it's a lesson that anyone that has had COVID this year or last year or whenever can probably resonate with a lot. And I'm actually coming live to you from my bed recording this after a week of COVID. Thought I would be feeling a lot better, but you know, still battling through. So excuse the nasally voice. That lesson is to surrender, to really surrender and look at how much do you need to be doing versus how much are you doing out of obligation, out of fear, out of people pleasing perhaps. And as we go through these different challenges in life, especially as wildly empowered women, we are really invited to drop into this surrender and go, how much do you really trust your ability? How much do you trust your ability to earn, to be there for your family, to do what needs to get done and to prioritize? And so I thought as the final episode of this season, it's a great opportunity to really reflect on the last three months, what we've spoken about in the topics that have been covered in this podcast, and also share a little bit around what I have gone through. It's been one of the biggest three months of my life and a little bit of the lessons and the medicine, I guess, that has come from those experiences. So something that happened quite early on in launching the podcast. And I I did share openly about this because it's something that I felt a lot of women do experience, but maybe don't have the capacity to share, which I fully understand if they don't. But in April, we actually had a miscarriage and it really rocked our world. So any woman that has had a miscarriage can understand this. Like from the moment that you pee on a stick, you are so invested. Your mind is racing. You start planning life with that child, whether it's your first, second, for me, it was my third. We had really started planning our whole life around it. And you become very, very emotionally invested into that child. So I woke up pregnant, feeling nauseous as I had for two months. I was 11 weeks and for two months I'd been pretty nauseous, bloated and lethargic. And I went for my 12-week scan. I was 11 weeks, went for my 12-week scan and I got there and they couldn't find a heartbeat. So they said, you know, go to the toilet, empty your bladder. Like they were pretty worried. And the lady said, you know, come back. Let's just be sure about this. And in that moment, I went to the toilet at the scanning place and I just completely broke down. Like I just knew, you know, you don't really get in those situations and feel like, oh, it was a mistake, you know, like we didn't see a heartbeat or the baby moving, but it was a mistake. So in that 30 seconds of her sort of pre-framing that there would be bad news to come, it really felt like my whole reality turned upside down and 
I had no symptoms of a miscarriage, no spotting, no bleeding, nothing. So in that moment of seeing a lifeless baby inside of me, really, it's not an experience that I would wish upon anyone. And I wish I could prevent anyone from ever having it because it was horrible. Miscarriage at any stage of pregnancy is so heartbreaking and you just really can't anticipate it. Yet somehow it gets treated like an unfortunate event that you just missed out on and it will roll around again, like your favorite band coming to town. You know, like I don't feel like it's really that understood just how heartbreaking it can be. And for me, I felt like because it wasn't my first, it's assumed that it's somehow far less painful. And even though we were obviously pretty early on in the pregnancy and we wanted to keep it not not a secret, but, you know, we hadn't told that many people unless we had seen them in real life because I looked very pregnant, <laughs> you know, almost three months pregnant on that was my fourth pregnancy. You can imagine like I had quite a big tummy at that point. So I guess for me, like what happened after that, and that was around Easter time in about a- April, is I still felt pregnant afterwards. Nothing had happened with the baby, you know, it hadn't actually, it was still in there. So I had to then have a what's called a DNC, so where they surgically remove it. You're in hospital for a day, you go under general anesthetic, and yeah, they remove the baby. So luckily for me, I was able to do that within a couple of days of I think it was the Tuesday that I found out, and then the Friday I went into hospital. So it is a really heartbreaking situation. And if you have been through this before, my heart just really goes out to you or if you know of someone that has you know this is just it's not a fun situation and it's one that for me if I can give any advice on what helped me through this in April is I really just felt all of the loss and the pain I didn't try to move on too quickly I didn't try to be brave and you know my default is often getting into solutions mode so I often And like, you know, it's okay, we've lost the baby, but we'll fall pregnant again. And I start planning falling pregnant again because that's my way of dealing with things is just going into solutions mode. And I absolutely didn't this time. I just felt it all. I cried for days, (laughs) I cried for weeks, and I really felt it all. And that really helped me and I'm sure would help other women giving yourself permission to really, truly feel. If people expect you to be okay, that's their expectation, not yours. Like this is your experience. And for me, I really felt that doing that was very, very healing, really just not moving through too quickly, just allowing yourself to really grieve. Because like I said, a miscarriage at any point of a pregnancy is really heartbreaking. So if that is you, my heart goes out to you and please just be kind on yourself and don't try and be too brave, be too strong, or move on too quickly. So that happened in April on the Tuesdays when I went to the scan. And in a cruel twist of fate in terms of loss and news, within 24 hours, I was at the Royal Easter show with my sister and my mom and, and my kids, and we we're having a lovely family day out. It was really nice to be with them 
you know, obviously after the news, very, very close with my mum and my sister. And we had just found out that mum's cancer, she had breast cancer a couple of years ago, that it had spread to her lungs. And we didn't really know the severity yet. We weren't sure if it was treatable or what we were really dealing with yet. And while we're at the Royal Easter show, so the next day after the scan, we had a phone call from the doctor who said, look, we've looked at your scans and you've got about 12 months. If you take this medication, if you do this treatment, you might have three years or so, but mum had made the decision that she wasn't going to do any treatment because she did do chemo and radiation when she had breast cancer and it was a pretty horrible experience for her. So, so we got that phone call when we were at the Royal Easter show and I just we were just speechless. Like we just were speechless. Mum was very positive. She's like, you know, I'll beat this. She's been very positive since. And if you were around and listening on episode nine, I think it was, um, how to manifest anything you design, raise your attraction, that was with my mum. And she is a very big believer in the law of attraction and positive thinking and all of that. She's also a Christian and she really believes that God will heal her and that she really has got this now, like she's really going to fight it, which is beautiful, beautiful energy to be in. But that wasn't the energy of the day. (laughs) That wasn't the energy that we were in, in that day of hearing the news straight away. So those two things really just hit me so hard and I took a step back from showing up online and and being so involved in my business and supporting my the women in my team and whatnot because I just needed some time to comprehend and just deal with all of this. And obviously, as I said on that Friday is when I went into hospital for a day. So the medicine in all of it for me that which is why I wanted to share this has been to really sit with where my boundaries lie. What am I no longer available for? What was I being too available for? What are my priorities? And where do I actually want to be investing my time? So again, These things happen. Everyone is going through some sort of invisible battle. They are my two from the last three months. They are absolutely the biggest battles I've had to conquer, you know, on top of COVID. But I wouldn't say that that's even nearly as big as what those two situations were. And the medicine has made me relook at my whole life, my whole life. Like I get to design my day and week. I have actually been able to do that for three years, you know, because I left the corporate world. I replaced my income three years ago. So I've had this freedom for quite some time, but it like really just hit me in the, the face with, you know, am I actually living that? Am I really making decisions based off my priorities? Like how do I want to design my week and my day? And it's not to say you won't, as a driven, wildly empowered, ambitious woman, you will always come to blockages where you're faced with which value is more important to you, right? And an example of that is my kids used to be in care four days a week. They're now in care two and a half days a week. So I have a lot more time with them, but also a lot less time to work on my business, which actually brings me so much joy. I love working in my business. I love supporting the women that I support. 
I really enjoy helping them create the same results. So for me, it's been a real balancing act of how much time do I want with my family and obviously my mum being part of that, my kids, my husband, and how much time do I want on my business? Because I have big, big goals in my business. I have big goals with my team and supporting them to their goals as well. So it really is a balancing act between the two of them, right? And I think that's a really common thing that women come up against is, you know, yes, you can have it all, but having it all doesn't mean it's easy. It means that you have to constantly reassess and be okay with that. It's a very privileged, amazing place to be in to reassess and be like, right, okay, how do I actually want to be spending or or investing my time? And if I choose that, I need to be okay with it. Like if I choose to only spend two and a half days on my business, I have to be okay with only having two and a half days to spend on my business, right? If I choose to have that time with my family and to be able to be there with my mum when she goes to appointments or, you know, just go out for a coffee with her when I want to or be with my kids and take them to swimming lessons and go on adventures together, like, that I need to be okay with being present with them and not feeling the obligation to be showing up in my business as if it's a business day. So boundaries and expectations on yourself are really important. And sometimes the worst and not the worst, but the hardest boss that you can ever have is yourself if you've got high standards. So just really lean into that and lean into what it is that you want and how you want to work because you, whether you're in a job or you're self-employed, you still get to set that. You still get to set what expectations other people have of you based off what your boundaries are. And not everyone will respect or understand that, but you just need to be consistent with them. It's no different to having boundaries with kids. Kids will understand them when you're consistent with them. So this being the last episode of the season, I also wanted to share some highlights from the season. So my favorite episodes have by far been episode two with Dee Zabara, who went through how to understand your health hormones and cycle as a woman. This has been the most played episode of the whole season. And Dee just dropped so many words of wisdom. I highly recommend listening to it if you want to learn more about how to eat or exercise or just deal with your cycle and your hormones. Also, the meditation that I did in episode five around how to build your self-belief and confidence. This is something that I've done a few times on large trainings with people online and they've loved it. So that's something that you can always go back to and reuse. We also had Kate Kendall on, who is the owner of Flow Athletic in Paddington in Sydney, a beautiful yoga studio. And she just dropped so many amazing words of wisdom and her story is incredible as well. We had the fashionista, sustainable stylist herself, Joanne Gambal, and she came on and shared a lot of really amazing tips around how to still be fashionable, but shop sustainably. They can coexist, everyone. (laughs) So that was another great episode. Of course, the one that I mentioned with my mum, where we spoke about how to manifest anything that you desire and how to really focus on 
bringing in any goal that you want from any area of your life. So that was a really, really great one. And then in terms of this topic that we're talking about, you know, about how to be intentional with your time and achieve your vision and really focus on your boundaries, had a great conversation with Alyssa Budagliri, who was in episode 10 around this. And we've both been multi-passionate entrepreneurial women in business together for a number of years. And she had some really great advice on how you can focus on this. And then, of course, the last couple of episodes have been around pregnancy, how I was managed to fall pregnant naturally after four rounds of failed IVF, then going down the natural route with Freddie, my second son. And then also how the beautiful Amanda Bodine, she came on the last episodes and shared how she actually manifested a pregnancy against all odds. So if you or anyone you know are in a bit of a fertility journey that perhaps is a struggling one or one that's, you know, a bit longer or more challenging than most, then these episodes would definitely speak to you. Would love for for you to share any of the episodes that you really adored this season, anyone that you got, any episodes where you got lots of value from it or a quote or a takeout. The more people that see this podcast, the better, the more impact you're able to have as well by sharing these messages. So, would really appreciate a review, a five-star rating, or a share to your stories. Feel free to tag me in your stories and I can reshare to mine. And looking forward to seeing you back on the first Tuesday of August, which is the 2nd of August for season two. I've got lots up my sleeve planned for this. I'm looking forward to coming to you with a slightly healthier sounding voice. And thank you so much for being here. It really means the world to me. Would love any feedback and yeah, enjoy and really set your boundaries, ladies, and enjoy this next month, this season that you're in. And I look forward to bringing more meaningful conversations to you in the next season. Bye. Bye.